Well, Australians of a certain age, when they get together, talk about two things, I've heard, because I'm not of that age, their colonoscopies and their knees. Norman, which one are we going to talk about today? Well, we're going to talk about knees, but this one is for you too, because I'm trying to help you avoid having to talk about your knees in 20 years' time. Okay. The, the rate of knee replacement surgery pre-COVID was, has been going up at just under 3% per year in Australia. So it's 27% in a decade. In 2021, there were over 68,000 knee replacements reported to the National Joint Replacement Registry. And for most part, the reason to have the knee replacement was osteoarthritis. Now, it's well known that knee osteoarthritis is commoner the heavier you are, but not many studies have looked at how you got to that point by middle age and the impact of your weight gain trajectory. In other words, how you've gained weight over the years. This is not you, Tegan. This is other people, of course. But a study following the diet and lifestyle of over 24,000 Melburnians from early adulthood through to their early 60s has found, by linking them actually to the National Joint Replacement Registry, going back to you know, linking hospital records and, so on, records and so on, this is one of the benefits of it, that if they'd been able to change the steady creep of kilos during those years and move their trajectory downwards, one in three knee replacements might have been avoided at a saving of $373 million each year. Professor Flavio Sicutini is head of rheumatology at the Alfred Hospital in Melbourne and was the senior researcher on the study. We looked at patterns of weight gain and we found six different patterns of weight gain from the age of about 18 to 21 through to the mid-60s. And for every one of those patterns, we looked at the number of joint replacements in that group. Now, we asked, well, what would happen if everybody who was in one of the patterns of weight gain went down by one. So we didn't try and make people all normal, healthy weight, just simply one trajectory down. And what we found is that if you did that and simply just didn't gain as much as you were predisposed to gain, that we would end up preventing about 30% of knee replacements at a cost of $370 million. And when we had a look at what weight we're talking about, we're talking about a weight difference over 40 years of 8 to 12 kilos. But what we also know is that people on average will gain half to one kilo a year. And that's a very relentless rate of weight gain. You know, people don't suddenly wake up one day having gained massive amounts of weight. It's this very relentless weight creep that happens. So it's this slow weight creep over many years that we're not considering and targeting. Do we um, understand the causes of that weight creep? I don't think we do. But if you turn it around and ask the question, well, how many calories or what sort of energy balance difference are we talking about? It's actually only seven kilocalories a day or 30 kilojoules, which to put it in perspective is 10 minutes of extra walking per week or two less squares of chocolate a fortnight. What we even see with our patients with knee osteoarthritis when we did a study, there wasn't a person around that didn't know that they are carrying a bit too much weight and should try and lose it. But what we're also seeing is that you see a person in their early 40s who might have some knee pain. They might be carrying two or three extra kilos and then they get advised to lose weight. And we know that people don't 
tend to lose weight. And so what we do is we then see someone 10 years later who has a bit more knee pain and then we say, oh, well, you know, you need to lose weight. But in the meantime, they've gained another five kilos. And the problem is that once you're carrying a lot of weight, you've already got the joint damage and you won't reverse that damage. And the data also says you need to lose about 7.5% of your weight in order to have a clinically significant reduction in knee pain. Now, I'm not suggesting people shouldn't lose weight, but we already know that that's not something people can easily do. So you're arguing for interventions to stop the kilo creep? My point in that is that that is potentially an achievable goal. I have a sense that we're fiddling while Rome burns because we keep focusing on weight loss. But the very people we are advising to lose weight and pushing this idea of weight loss are then slowly, slowly gaining weight. And I don't think there is an awareness that even if you're carrying a few extra kilos, If you turn around and don't gain anymore, the whole community didn't gain more, we would be kilos better off. Now, I think what's nice about our study is it's actually potentially put a dollar value to the potential implications of targeting this kilo creep. And one of the key issues with the kilo creep notion, it's not mutually exclusive from weight loss. It's acknowledging that the way we live is different to what it used to be like in the past. But rather than saying you've got to be slim, you've got to be slim, we're simply saying, yes, you need to lose weight if you can, but whatever you do, don't gain it. So one of the key things has to be, awareness that this is a feasible goal. And I think it fits in with the recent Australian of the Year who is now focusing on teaching people to love and appreciate their body and focus on health. Because I think one of the other problems is that our focus on pushing weight loss when we know it isn't successful is we're tending to keep shaming people that aren't losing the weight. For example, we know that 50% of obese women have not attended an appointment if they thought they were going to be weighed. What I'm suggesting is while we're telling people to lose weight, no one says, think about strategies you can use in your own life to just halt this slow kilo creep. For every kilo you carry, you load the knee by four kilos, but also fat is metabolically active. So you're effectively loading a squishy joint. What we have found clinically is that when we advise people that not gaining weight is really a valuable goal, people almost eyes light up because finally there's something they can potentially do. Flavia, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Professor Flavio Sicutini is head of the musculoskeletal group at Monash University. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.